If workplace culture is your jam, you're in the right place. Check out this episode of Culture Secrets, the podcast dedicated to creating workplaces where both employees and the companies thrive. Welcome to the Culture Secrets podcast. I'm your host, Chelly Phillips, and this week, I'm excited to introduce you to Tom Kessling. He's the Chief Marketing Officer for Q Streaming and the International President of Q International. Q stands for Communication Unites Everyone. I love that. Many of you know my background is in journalism and PR, so communication is a big deal to me. It's also an important feature in building a strong people-centered culture in the workplace. The company provides around 5,000 channels and is the largest streaming service in the world. They have a fundraising arm for churches and nonprofits as well. One of the most important things a leader can communicate is their vision. In fact, the first question I asked Tom was, as a leader or someone developing a business, it's easy to get hung up on raising capital, hiring people, creating products, and getting all of your services ready to go. So how do you yourself get a clearer vision for the environment of the organization and what you want it to be like for the people that work for you? And once you get that vision, how do you turn it into or create it in reality? Great question. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of it, I hate to say it, is intuitive. You're born with it. And so what I do is I uh, asked a lot of questions of the two guys that were there before me. And I said, what is your vision? What do you guys see? You know, because you've obviously drank in the Kool-Aid and I have not had it yet. And so tell me what you see. What is the opportunity? And you you begin because uh, I've got a master's in marketing. So you begin to kind of paint it, paint a big picture. And either people are, are created one of two ways. Either they are visionaries and they and they work at the 30,000 foot level, or they are minutia and they create a fabulous product. I work at the 30,000 foot level. And because of my past experiences where I've built businesses from zero to 50 million in three months, um, I have contacts and I said, uh, could these contacts be also candidates for the streaming service? The answer is yes. So I said, aha, I've got people that I want you to get to know. Let's share what we offer to them. See if they like it as a member benefit or as a distributor benefit or as an employee benefit integrated into, into their uh, operations. And it's a way to acqu- acquire and retain employees. So one of the things I see it is a lot of times CEOs get very isolated and they have three or four people around them that are feeding them information. And sometimes they don't necessarily get the total picture of what it's like for boots on the ground people inside the organization. They keep getting told everything's fine. Everybody's meeting quota, whatever's going on. So how as a CEO, how important is it to get out of the office and interact with the people in the workforce that are doing the work for you? Um, I think it's I think it's absolutely critical. Have you ever seen the the show Hidden Boss or what's it called? Um, oh, Undercover Boss. Undercover Undercover Boss. I think that's a fascinating show because it does show the boss getting out of his area and getting down in amongst the people and seeing where the real problems are. And when you get to the core of the problem, you can fix it. But you're right. A lot of CEOs uh, don't get out of their office and they're surrounded by people that are yes men or people that don't that that dilute the true details of the program or of the problem and, and, and at the end of the day you don't get to, you don't get it done so to me i think it's absolutely invaluable to find out at all levels of the organization what's going on how can we help you where are you encountering issues 
And what does it take to get it fixed? One of the things that I saw that is kind of across the board is that companies that are really successful aren't afraid of failure. They look at it as the opportunity to learn. So how important has failure been in your growth process from from starting businesses, creating businesses, watching businesses grow and whatever? How do you embrace failure and how is that incorporated into the culture? Great question. Yes, there have been a couple of experiences with failure. Number one has been the failure. If, if you form a partnership, make sure you understand your partner. Make sure that you understand the strengths, the weaknesses, and the moral integrity of your partner. Do they share the same vision? Number two is look at your product. And then you go through the typical marketing thing. Does it have a unique purpose? Does it have what we call a USB, United Selling, uh, a universal selling proposition? So all of that kind of stuff, you look at it and you create the environment to try to reduce and minimize those risks as much as you can with those failures. But you never know because who would have known that COVID would have hit? Every best laid plans get thrown away and stuff. So a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is timing. A lot of it now, we uh, we do go um, and research to make sure that we can minimize the risk. Because now at my age, I've learned an awful lot about, you know, what is something that is a fly-by-night? What is something that is just um, a seat of the pants? And what is something where you can ser- thoroughly research it or form, par- or form partnerships with people that have got complementary strengths to make it? Because as they say, there's no such thing as a self-made multimillionaire. They are all supported by a team of people that share the same vision. So you talk about that team of people. Uh, you know, a lot of what a lot of what I'm hearing now is that we're not necessarily going to hire for skill because if you make it to the interview part, we've already vetted you and realized that you have skill that we're looking for. But we're going to hire for culture, how you fit inside the organization, how you fit with a team, how you collaborate, that kind of thing. What's been your experience with hiring for culture? No, oh, absolutely. Um, I want to share with you that one of the things that I do is I also have worked for Southwest Airlines. And Southwest Airlines is really one of the kings of culture. They stress that. And and the big thing in there is, you know, hire for attitude, train for skill. And stuff. so, uh, you know, everybody can be trained, but not everybody can change their attitude. So that is what I'm seeing in successful companies now that are very cohesive is um, they look for somebody that fits the existing culture of the company or they hire people that are coaches to really enhance the uh, culture of that company. So it is becoming more and more important in the likability factor. And then we can train them to do the job correctly. So one of the things that, you know, like we were talking about is that there's not necessarily a budget line item that says culture on it. It might be employees engagement. It might be surveying. It might whatever is in there. How important is it as a CEO when you're looking at that to make sure you address those areas inside your budget and actually associate dollars with that? Because I think a lot of people look at culture as that it's a fluff word. What is culture? Like it's there's not really anything to it. But when you really sit down and track it, it you know, it improves productivity. It improves morale. It takes away from your your health cost because they're happier people. They're showing up for work. They're not hitting your sick time and different things like that. So so if someone were to say that culture is fluff and I don't need to put money aside for it, how would you address that? No, I, I think that especially in these days, we've had a lot of uh, cultural changes that have been impacted the country in the last several years. I think a progressive company understands why those cultural interactions took place. Why did we have the issues that we did that happened over the last several years? 
on things that that we've never witnessed before, or if we did, it was very isolated. And so it's now become there. There are terms that we've never heard of before that are being integrated into society uh, stuff. And so the people, the company that embraces that and takes those people and and incorporates them into the company to be able to provide a valuable asset, as I think, are the ones that are going to survive. Because we're very polarized now. You know, wh- whatever happened, we're very polarized and stuff. You're losing 50% of the possibilities of greatness out there if they know that you are strictly this way focused, whether it's a religious side, whether it's a political side. So you've got to, as they say, never allow religion and politics to enter into the culture of the company. And it's very true. You know, one of the things I've been looking at is what are the roadblocks to culture inside an organization? And you just named two, if you become too polarized one side or the other, whether it's politics, religion or whatever. But what are some other roadblocks that you might have encountered as you've been growing, growing a business that impeded the culture that you were trying to create? And how did you get past those? I think the biggest thing is the stubbornness for people to accept new ways, is the stubbornness for people to embrace that there might be an answer that's outside of their own internal world and stuff. So uh, like I said, some people are big thinkers and they can accept other people's viewpoints. Some people can't. So what you have to do is during the interview process is really kind of identify those people and determine if they would be somebody that is consistent with the culture that you want to that you want to have. The other thing that I've seen is really successful that companies do that are successful is the accountability piece is that it doesn't just remain on the shoulders of leadership. That accountability gets spread throughout the organization, whether it's a frontline worker, whether it's someone sitting in a cubicle, whether it's someone that's in a management position, there's some level of accountability for spreading that culture at, at every level inside that organization that they take ownership in it. How important is that? And what are some of the most effective ways to do that to engage the entire workplace? I think I think number one is that at each of the different levels of the organization, whether it's at the chief level, whether it's at the VP level, whether it's at the director or management level, is that each of the levels has um, the commitment to improve their culture. And they have regular meetings. Primarily, it's about every three months. And stuff. we have three months, what has been accomplished, uh, what has been an issue and stuff. So we can take people that are really proficient in those areas and they are helping coach us through that, the migration of that process into culture as such a critical, critical key component to the acceptance of all people and the growth. And because when people feel comfortable, they feel accepted. They're willing to perform at a greater level because of the embracing of the company and and the culture that comes with it. One of the people that I interviewed talked about that we've been paying people for years for their hands. But if we if we started paying them for their hearts, how much more productive and how much farther would we have been down the road by now? Yeah. That's um, a very good point. Yeah. And sad. And I, I totally butchered that, I'm sure, from what they said. But it was like it has stuck in my head for about four months now since I've been doing these interviews that that's like we all should kind of embrace that philosophy and, and look at what we're doing. The other piece of the book is that that I'm also trying to show is that you don't necessarily have to be the CEO to make a culture shift inside of an organization. It could start with a team. It could start with, you know, a division. It could start whatever and spread. So if you were not the CEO and you were the leader of a smaller team inside an organization, what piece of advice would you give somebody who sees an issue and wants to try to address it? And how can they go about making a culture shift that could spread from, say, their piece of the world to the whole organization? 
I think I think the best thing to do. Um, I love the focus groups. I love where it starts out small, and then we encourage people. You can give them some extra incentives for participating and opening up their minds. But typically, it's small. It starts with a small, very active group of people, and then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. Different corners of the company, we may have a reminder board, or we may have something that is an internal email that also embraces, you know, the expansion of cultural committee. Uh, now to every Tuesday and Thursday or something like that. So as it becomes more of a regular communication and, and memorandum throughout the company, it becomes more embraced and people are more willing to step outside their comfort zones or their limitations to try something new. I think that's important. You know, a lot of people have this huge rollout. Okay, here's our new slogan. This is what our culture is going to be. And there's like this big rah-rah party. Let's get everybody excited about it. And then six months from now, everybody's back to the same old, same old, because right. there's not been a continuation of it. I, I guess that would be culture is not something that's kind of a one and done. It's something that's a continual breathing element inside the organization. How do you as a leader inside that organization not let it die, not let it become oh, we talked about this last month. We'll skip it for a couple of months and we'll come back to it and let it get lost in, in the shuffle of everyday work. The thing that I've seen that's most effective from what I've been around is the creation of a culture committee and stuff. And that culture committee, there are people that are invited to participate in the culture committee and their incentives by the culture committee actually creating uh, demonstrable results that impact the company and stuff. So then they feel good and they see that it has become you know, part of the policy manual now. So as CEO, what are you looking for as tangible results from these kind of things? Like, what are you measuring? I, I think the number one thing that we measure uh, when we look at our win-loss is were we able to acquire and bring on new people that would not normally look at the company because they would have felt threatened or something like that. So we look at the ability to reach out to a further uh, group of people. And number two is the ability to to uh, keep them and stuff, keep them embraced, keep them entertained, uh, keep, their in, keep them involved, believe in the company. And as you know, believability in the company increases productivity. So if they believe it and, it's, and it is part of their lifestyle and their true beliefs, their honorable true beliefs, they're willing to put in more production and stuff because they're happy and satisfied and they feel they feel really good about the product that they're producing. I know you're busy and have things to do. And so I have one last question and then I'll let you get back on with your day. The thing is that when I first started talking with a lot of people and I asked them what their culture is or, you know, like how do they, how do they talk about culture inside their organization? A lot of them will give me their mission statement. And to me, culture and mission are two totally different things. So, okay. So if, if I were to ask you, how could you, how would you describe what is culture and how is it different from a company's mission? To me, the mission statement is a collective, it's a collective internal vision and passion, as well as external receivership. How is it accepted, the acceptance of it externally? Culture is, uh, and mission can be, it can be heartfelt, or it can be monetarily focused, or it could be another objective. Culture is a whole different thing. It embraces the heart and it embraces the soul of your internal company. I like that. I, I tell everybody it's your internal brand. 
It's yeah. like when people talk about you, how do they talk about you in the break room? How do they talk right. about you in the parking lot when they're trying to get out at five o'clock and say, I'm right. done for the day? Right. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you talking to me. And thank you very much for your time as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Secrets Podcast. I believe one of the biggest takeaways from this interview is when Tom said, you should hire for attitude because you can train skill. It's important when you hire to hire people that fit the culture you create so that you can continue to enhance and grow your culture inside the organization. If you're interested in learning more about the secrets you can use to build a strong people-centered culture in the workplace, join the waitlist for my book, Culture Secrets, at www.chellyphillips.com backslash waitlist. You'll be notified when it's available at your favorite bookseller. It's scheduled to arrive on April 29th, 2023. If it's after that day you're listening, check me out on Amazon and grab a copy. If you have comments or questions, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. If you like what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, drop me a rating, and share this link with a friend. I'm currently booking for corporate training and workshop presentations. I'd love the chance to work with you or your company. If you're interested, please visit my website at www.chellyphillips.com. That's C-H-E-L-L-I-E-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S dot com. And remember, building a value culture is your competitive advantage and the backbone of any successful organization.